Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Time Light Mint, our Poetry Found Me podcast, where we talk about what it takes to be successful in your life, and hopefully that can translate you being able to impact someone else's life. This podcast is designed for you to always keep in mind that the best way to help yourself through any struggle that you have is to write things down. What I've discovered throughout my time of writing and my time of just trying to understand our goal setting and what it takes to achieve a goal, I learned that you have to write it down. And so many other motivational speakers and coaches, they talk to you about writing things down and being clear about the steps that it takes to write things down. And by doing that, you take that energy out of your mind and you physically place it on the page and then therefore that energy that's in your mind no longer is is there. It's already been transferred to paper and therefore your mind should be a little bit more at ease when it comes to functioning in our world today. I want to talk today about, you know, family and making sure that we check in on each other from time to time to make sure everything is is going okay. You never really know how a person is or how they're doing. So this past week, I went on a trip to see my family in Phoenix City, Alabama. And it's a trip that I normally drive. And I like to drive because when you drive a certain distance, it has a tendency to clear your mind. And it makes you, and it makes your mind wonder and ponder about things, about your life, about your family, about the goals that you have set. And are there steps in place to achieve that? Well, this particular journey of mine was just to go and see my family and to make sure that they were okay and then to visit my mother's uh, gravesite. More about that to come later on in the, in the future with this podcast. So I normally get up about 4, 4.30, get ready, try to leave at 5, 5.30. And I like to always leave when the sun is on its way up. Because it seems like when when it's dark and the sun begins to rise, it gives you a lot of energy. It like kind of wakes you up, or at least it wakes me up when I'm driving a long distance. And as I'm driving, before the sun comes up, I'm listening to the radio, and I'm listening to the Ricky Smiley Morning Show. And from there, you know, your day just kind of spring into, you know, what that show is all about and the laughter that comes with it and the music that comes with it and then it changes to something else but when you drive so far from Orlando to a certain part of Florida the radio that particular station fades out it doesn't go as far as I thought it would but it faded out and for the time being I was trying to switch between stations but then again my mind was like no I just turn it off so I turned it off for about maybe like two hours three hours but when I was driving with my mind clear this time there was a lot of thoughts that kind of run through my mind when I think about my life and just trying to get perspective and one thing I thought about is am I any closer to my dream or goal as I go and visit my family and those things kind of and it's layered with so many things it it layered with the life of my mom my life of my brothers and sisters is led with my life. It's kind of led with my community life. It's kind of led with, it kind of layered with me thinking about, you know, where I grew up and the things I wanted to achieve. 
And when the answer in my mind was like an overwhelming, no, I'm not where I need to be. And that kind of like shook me a little bit because after all these years, I thought that I would be closer to it, to what I was aspiring to do, to change that reality for my family. Needless to say, the drive made that way down on my mind like a megaton bomb or something. It just kind of exploded all over the place. And it kind of got me into my feelings a little bit because I could swear that every day I was pacing myself to make my life work into the dream and the goals that I had set for myself. And as I was beginning to ponder a little bit, my brother called me and he asked me, was I on my way? I told him I was on my way. And we just started talking about you know, our lives and the things that we want and the weather and the things that were going on. So he said, now, I need you to be careful because when you get to Alabama, it's going to be raining. I said, raining? I said, I, I said, well, I'm driving. I see clear blue skies all the way. He said, no, nah, man, it's not like that. I said, okay, man, um, we'll just, I'll just see you when I get there. Now, when I drive and my brother called me, my mind instantly shifts. And here I am driving on this beautiful sunny day while I'm still in the Florida state limits. And I mean, when I, when I, when I, so what happened is when I looked, I looked at the world at large and with the sun being out and the, the, the way the sun was reflecting off the trees and the grass and the animals that I saw. And even with the cars passing by me and and those things, I began to see once again how beautiful the planet is. And then my mind just like switched to like how beautiful the planet is and how much we, you know, disrespect God. And I, I don't know why that came up in my mind. It was just there. And, and you know, once it came, I just had to wrestle with it. And the, the first thing I thought about the beauty is, now, understand me, I'm no scientist or nothing like that. I just and I'm no biblical scholar. I'm not any of those things. I'm just a man that ponders things from time to time. And I think I mentioned this in my podcast once before, but when I when I thought about the planet, right, I was thinking that the sun, they say it's like 9 million miles away. But yet the sun's gravitational force penetrates the first two planets, then it gets to our planet, and then it goes to the rest of the planets throughout this particular solar system. And when I thought about us, I said to myself, here we are, when I was when I was a child. <laughs> and I, you know, as they go back, when I was a child, I just thought the earth was in a certain place, you know, like <laughs> it's bizarre because when I think about it now, it makes me laugh. I thought that the earth was in a particular place, like a place where you can land and do something. But when I got older, I found out that the planet is actually hurling through space. But in a in an orderly way, the gravitational pull of the sun keeps the planets in alignment. And I think I remember back in high school, I think, or one of the physics teachers or one of the science teachers would say that if the sun was to blink for just one tenth of a second, it would send this whole particular solar system into chaos and we would probably more than likely be destroyed. And when I got older and then I'm driving in my car and I'm thinking about this exact same thing, I'm saying, you know, how bold are we to think that we are the originators of this planet? And even just say for the sake of argument, I gave you 
I gave the human family that. Say like you did <laughs> create this planet. Then if you created this planet, then you ought to know the power of the sun. You ought to know what the sun brings to life on this planet. And then therefore we, as the originators of this particular planet, should want to do everything to keep this planet in perfect harmony. But that's not what we do. We know that the sun is up there. The scientists know that the sun is up there. And we know that the sun is pretty much a stationary object. But what we don't understand, to me, just saying in just layman's terms, is that however that sun got to be in the place that it is, however we got to be the planet that we are, where we are, then why isn't there a much more greater respect for a being that you don't understand and you'll never see in your lifetime? And I begin to think about man being so bold as to think that everything that we do inside of this earth is all meant for good or all meant for bad or the intentions of it may start out one way and then it turns out the other way but the planet just keeps spinning the sun just keep holding and we just keep going and we have not taken the time to understand the power that lies between the sun and the planet to just stay in order and here we are as human beings in psychological disorder and to me we have a unnatural respect for God. I mean, I don't know if it's unnatural because we don't we think that we are the controllers of everything. And as I'm driving on this planet, I'm looking at the roads that man has created. I'm looking at the way he have carved out a design with the trees and the houses and the, and the creatures and animals that they raise and feed and then the animals that you see on the side of the road. And as I'm driving and taking these dips up and down the road, I keep saying man has done a tremendous thing to carve out an existence throughout the world, not just in America, but throughout the world for our existence so that we can have the things that we need for basic survival. But why is it that when things are going well, we don't think that God exists. But then when things go start going horribly wrong, then we're trying to call on a supreme being that we would never see in our lifetime. And I think in that space when my mind was thinking about this, I kept thinking about how, how disrespectful we are to God. Now, as I'm driving and I'm in the sunshine, then as I begin to cross into the state of Georgia, then I see the clouds, Right? And I, I see the clouds for the for the duration, but it's only it's a few more minutes before the sun actually disappears from my sight. But I'm looking out the rearview mirror and I see the, I see the sunlight in Florida. But when I enter the state of Georgia, that sunlight gradually begins to fade away, and then I'm in the midst of clouds. It's not cold, but it's just I'm in the midst of clouds now. And now as I'm driving in these clouds, then my mind switches to another phase is that no matter where you go in the world, nature is still taking effect in terms of how the existence of human beings are. And in this cloud, sometimes when you got sometimes sunshine, you have a great feeling about life. And then when you get clouds, you think, seem to think that the sun is not where it's supposed to be. And then you begin to be somber. And then you want the sun to really reveal itself. Where the sun is still in the same place, it's just that now this part of the world that I'm in the clouds have has formed and it has blocked the sun rays that would be directly on the land and it's reflected and it's like refracted back up 
so that we don't have the sun rays, but that gravitational pull and that power from the sun is still keeping the earth spinning in its orbit. And when I think about, when I was thinking about this, I began to think about how how precious life is and how precious our time is on this planet and what we have to evolve to to make ourselves understand that there's more to life than just us. And then my mind switched and I went from that to then I started thinking about the Big Bang Theory and I think Neil deGrasse Tyson and everybody else has tried to, to, to explain it the best way they know how. And then my mind switched to that. And then I began to think about when men, men talk about the Big Bang Theory. And then when I just think about just the solar system that we live in. So there was this huge explosion, they say. And then the matter was scattered throughout space for eons and eons of time. Now, this is just an explosion, like a stick of dynamite or something that hit it. Nobody can say exactly what caused it. They just say it's the Big Bang Theory. So now my mind is thinking about the Big Bang Theory. And then I'm thinking, well, so if there was a Big Bang, you know, okay, let's take that. Then how did the planets become round? I have never seen anything in the, in humanity explode and it becomes perfectly round. And then when it explodes, it explodes in such a way that the sun remains still. And then these planets are carved out in a certain pattern to hold life on them in this particular solar system. I can't talk about the rest of the solar system because I haven't seen it, but I live in this part of the universe. So these planets that are in perfect order after the Big Bang Theory, they go for eons and eons in time, and then on the outskirts of outer space, they all ended up being round. And Saturn with her rings around it, that the matter from around it ended up putting that design there so perfectly. And then we who live on the Earth can go to outer space. And when I was thinking about outer space, you know, this is how random thoughts work. I was thinking about outer space. I said, well, this is like truly really interesting because since man has been able to travel, man hasn't been able to go up, beat the force of gravity to get outside of space. And I kept wondering, well, if it's if it's Big Bang and everything is round, then how is man able to go up and down and out of space? And they say like some people, ancient historians say we was visited by aliens, but they was able to come in and out of Earth's atmosphere. And then I found out in school that the Earth gases is that there are three layers of gases that you have to go through in order to get outside of the Earth and to re-enter. Then how did it when, when it when it when it blew up and the Big Bang blew up the way that it did, then how did you get three layers of gases to protect you from what? In outer space, so that you can live in space while you're out of space on the planet that you were on. I hope that, you know, I'm not going all over the place and getting you to think about this. And then I begin to think, well, what caused the Big Bang Theory? What put us in the position that we're in? And is this something that man caused himself? Because man wasn't back there with the Big Bang Theory, I don't think. When everything was one big mass, and then all of a sudden it blew up and then it scattered everything out and the next thing you know we're the only living life force in this particular solar system according to scientists they might be wrong about certain things but a living organism like we are the way we're built and the things that we have like we're the only one that's in this particular solar system so they say then how is it 
that when you think about you being the only particular living entity on this planet in this form, how could you not believe that there's a supreme being? So as I'm driving, I'm just thinking about all of that, and then I get to the point where I kept thinking about since we are the original, the originators of all things, since they want to believe this, then why can't we stop the things that we need to stop on this planet? Since we're so high in thinking and have evolved so far beyond the level of God, then why haven't our God knowledge allowed us to, as a human family, collect ourselves to try to solve the issues of trying to save the very planet that we live on? And this individualistic and this individualistic thinking has made us feel that there's no other power but us. So therefore, whatever we do in the planet that we live on is right. And then come to find out that Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos, they want to fly out to the far reaches of Earth so that you can see Earth in all of its glory. And then Elon Musk is trying to come up with a way or devise a way to get to get human beings from from planet Earth, hopefully to planet Mars, to create a new colony on that planet. And I get what we're trying to do in terms of us finding out what our creative forces are. But we got to remember, we didn't start all this. So if we can't start it all, then we can't end it all. But we definitely can do something about destroying ourselves if we don't stop. So this is how my mind was working, ladies and gentlemen, the whole time that I was driving. And then I began to think about my family. And how we are meant to live on this planet. And then I begin to think about other people's families and what it takes to just try to find some balance in the world that we have created. And my dreams and my goals are tied to everything that I kind of mentioned in terms of me being able to understand the, the overall universal aspect of God, which we will never see in our lifetime. You might see some effects of what God may do, but you will never see God in your lifetime. And I, I remember, like, you know, because I, 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 I read the Bible, I read the Quran, I read the Bhagavad Gita, I read the Upanishads, I read the Tao, I read um, the Buddha scriptures. I read everything that I could get my hands on and just trying to understand the autobiographies of certain men and women in the world. I was trying to get, read everything I can to just try to grasp the concept of what it means for us on this planet to have enough humility to want to save it, to want to find out what's the power to accomplishing our dreams and our goals in our lifetime. And what does it mean when you attach all of that to an existence that you don't really know how long you have on the planet, but every morning that you wake up, you have an opportunity to take advantage of that. So as I'm driving, I begin to see all of that when it pertains to my family. And as it pertains to the human family in general. And then I weigh that against us not really being respectful of God. And when I talk about God, now I'm talking, I'm not talking about God in terms of the religions that we follow. I'm talking about a, a being that's far beyond all of that stuff that we have fragmented to find a, to find peace with it within ourselves. And then it falls back on everything that my mom has always told me. And then it also falls back on my being able to understand with my with my limited thinking, what is it all for? What does it all mean? And how do you get to clarity? 
in all of this. So as I'm driving, and then I get a little sprinkle of rain when I get to Alabama, and then I pull up to where my family lives, and I meet my brother, I greet my brother. And my whole, I guess my whole buildup was, the reason I was feeling this way, because I hadn't seen him in a while, and usually from Florida, Alabama, I try to go twice a year, but sometimes I can only make it like once because of the drive and, and things like that. But sometimes my heart gets really heavy. And when it gets heavy like that, and I begin to think about them, then I have to go and see them. And the reason I have to see them is so that they can see that I'm okay, and I can see that they're okay, and then I can continue to try to explain to them, explain to them what my dreams and my goals are. Because all of it is tied to my family. It has always been tied to my family. It will always be tied to my family. And even with the process of trying to achieve it, I still think about my family all the time. And when I see him, we just basically just just, just talk just talk talking about brotherly stuff or crazy stuff or you know things that we kind of weigh into what life means. And then one of my my childhood friends, uh, Dexter Moses, he came over. And when I when I saw him, he's still the same young brother, but we're a little older now. And and he, I remember the last time I talked to him, he had set a goal for himself, and he had achieved that goal, the goal that he wanted. And when I saw him, I could only congratulate him because that's what he set his mind on. And when he was telling me that, and I was, was reminding him of that, I was kept saying, "Now you accomplished one of your goals. That was one of your goals." And that's what we got to be able to say to each other. We got to be able to hold those things in perspective because if it's something you went after and you got it, then you have worked your way towards that. That's what you've been granted. And with me, I'm still working towards mine because I have not achieved mine. And just the same way he achieved here, I want to achieve mine. And while I was staying with them, I was just listening and I was just seeing my my niece and and her children and, and how time evolve us to become the young people that we are in the world and that you got to take advantage of those things that you see in life so that you can have peace in life and I don't know like sometimes when you talk to a person and they tell you about their dreams and their goals you can't live inside of them it's something that they toy with every day like me I struggle with it every day because I haven't gotten the clarity to clear that up yet but I, in my man, with my man uh, Jody, I think he cleared his, he at least cleared part of it up now that he accomplished that. He still wants more. And that's what dreams and goals do to you when you are alive and you're thriving to, to make a difference in the world. You don't stop with that one. When you accomplish that one, then you want more to go with it because you're trying to maximize your time on the planet. And you can only maximize it by trying to squeeze out every morsel of what it takes for you to achieve your dreams and goals. And as I began to talk to my brothers and sisters, I began to share with them my goals and what my dreams and what my aspirations are. And I tell them that everything I do is just tie, tie, and tie family. And that's how, why I'm working very diligently to make it happen. I said, even though it had not manifested yet, there's still certain things that I got to do to make it manifest. And we talked for a little bit. And then it was time for me to go to sleep. I went to sleep. I woke up, and the first person I see is my brother. He's already up on the phone watching TV, cooking food, and just, you know, just getting his day started. Then my nephew gets up. Then my sister gets up. And, you know, I went back in the room and started reading. They thought I went back to sleep, but I was still up. And 
when this when this happened, then you begin to see that everybody now is getting ready to get their day started, going on with the next day in their life. And when I told them that I saw them, that my heart was at peace now, that I don't have to spend a lot of time with them. I go and I see them, make sure that they're okay. Once I determine and they determine that we're okay, then it's time to take the journey back. But before I proceed back, I greeted my brother. We talked for a little bit. And, you know, we wished each other well. And then I had to go and visit my mom's grave site. So I drove there. And going there is not a spiritual thing for me. It's more like a physical and mental thing. Because I know spiritually my mom don't exist in this that realm anymore. I know that she's in a high state of peace because of how she was. And that, that's what gives my, my soul peace. But the mental part of me and the physical part of me I always have to go there to purge my my thoughts, my dreams, my goals, and ideas in that atmosphere so she can know that I'm still striving to make this work. So after the conversation, I drive. But this time on the drive back, I do not turn the radio on for the entire journey. And it's about a seven-hour drive with no radio at all. And then once again, I begin to, to get inside my head of my thoughts. And in doing so, I begin to realize that there is silence in this world. If you go back to when I first started writing, I felt that there was no silence in my mind. It was just inundated with so many thoughts, so many dreams, so many ups, so many downs, so many strong vibrations, so many weak vibrations, so much about seeing my mom and so much about seeing my goal to not, you know, thinking of, you know, pondering about God and whether or not there's an existence of a God when I started writing. And on my way back, I didn't have that many thoughts. That means that my mind has come a long way and that it's not as restless as it used to be. But I still realize that I'm still attached to my goals and my dreams and my aspirations for my family and myself. And I'm still reaching for those. And I'll continue to reach for those because I'm still alive. And to be honest with you in this podcast, I don't know when I reach it, but when I reach it, I'm going to make sure I come here and tell you. But hopefully I'm in a better place that when I share with you that it'll be a level of understanding that we all would understand what our lives mean. And if there's anybody that can motivate you in life, if there's anybody that can kind of speak, you know, goodness into your life, then that's good. But but goodness is only applied to you when you apply what's been given to you. And even if you didn't have anybody in the world that's speaking into you, you can look and see and feel what goodness is. And when you can look inside and you can see it and you can feel it, then the main thing is to let it show externally. And I'm I'm a, I'm a young man. I, I would say that I have worked my way where my mind is at peace with the world, but I'm not at peace with my dreams and goals. That means that everything that I've needed to understand about the life that I live and the things that I see and the goals that I want and the things that I'm trying to achieve is all linked to me being able to get out there and to make things work. And the same thing has to be applied to you. And here's what I say. I don't know how the world works in terms of where you are and what you're doing, or how you see your family, or how you see friends. But always know this, that when you get up, it's a blessing. Because there's other people that's not getting up for whatever reason, but you get up. And when you see your mother, if you're raised by a single parent, if you see your father and you're raised by a single parent, or you see both of them, once you can get that grogginess out of you and you can be thankful for that you get up, then just tell them, just talk to them. Tell them you love them. Tell them you think about them. Just tell them you appreciate whatever they're doing for you. 
And if you got sisters and brothers, even though you may give each other a hard time, if you wake up that morning and see each other, just tell them, like, yo, I love you. I mean, I might be arguing with you. I might not like the crazy stuff you're doing, but you're my brother and sister, and I appreciate you. And then if you got friends and uh, adversaries or whatever the case may be, the people that you deal with, when you see them, just be grateful that you see each other and that whatever dreams and goals you have, then make sure everybody's working on them. And then you go through your day just trying to be as productive with your life as you can. And then when you return back home, you go back and you see your family. And you don't have to go through all that lovely stuff, but you're back there with them again. You're in good company with them again. And now you can rest assured that, you know, you saw them again. And then before you lay down in the midst of you don't have to tell everybody. You don't have to tell your family. But then you have a conversation with God. You know what I mean? What Dr. Hill, the thing about Richard, he had a conversation with God all the time. He didn't call him God. He called him infinite intelligence. But whatever you call God is just God, man, because it's a God that you'll never see in your lifetime anyway. And what I was saying about that is, like, there's a somewhere in the Bible, I don't know where it is. And I, mean, I think Moses was saying to God, can you see me? Moses said to God, can we see you? And it went something. God said, you can't see me. For the day you surely see my face is the day you surely die. You know, the way they wrote it in the Bible, that's how they wrote it. And God said, I tell you what, I'll let you see my back. But you can't see my face. So when you when you lay down and you lay down with an understanding of God, just know that the light, the power, is beyond your level of understanding. That's why we can't see that. But we're able to go down and be thankful when we know that the sun is holding everything in order, even though we're acting stupidly on the planet. That that source of light gives us everything that we need to nourish ourselves. And that we keep striving for that no matter what. Ladies and gentlemen, I just want to thank you for uh, joining me in this particular episode of my podcast. And I hope that, you know, we was able to share something that we all can use in life and that we understand that our lives are very precious. And that when we enter sleep and we wake up from sleep, that there's a perfect opportunity for us to to get out and make our dreams come true. Because the only what I understand about it is that the life and the body that we inhabit now, this is the only the only way we're going to see through our dreams and goals now in this particular time is through this body that we have. So please make sure you're trying to work towards that. And don't make sure that you don't give up on yourself, but make sure you keep trying every day. Like Tony Robbins said, if this don't work, try something else. If this don't work, try something else. You want to try to keep keep doing it until you get to where you need to be. I want to thank you. And in closing, I have six quotes for you. I think I don't went up to six now. I'm not sure, but I'm going to run them down to you like this. One comes from Dr. Napoleon Hill. One comes from Antonio T. Smith Jr. One comes from Eric Thomas, a hip-hop preacher. One comes from Tony Robbins. One comes from Les Brown. And one is that I created. So I think that's six. <coughs> Dr. Hill says, if the mind can't conceive it and believe it, then the mind can't achieve it. And what we're all working for is to find that way to achieve our dreams and goals. And when you begin to think about that, those dreams and goals, just make sure you include your family. You know, like take a trip, talk to them, see how they're doing, make sure they're okay. And you can text them sometimes, call them, but whatever you do, make sure you check on them because I promise you, that they think about you the same way you think about them. The next one is from Antonio T. Smith Jr. He says, you can't plant better, you can't dominate. That simply means that these goals, 
that you plan in your mind. And if it's attached to your family and attached to what you're trying to do in life, you got to plant strong seeds and you got to make sure that you nurture those seeds and that you write those seeds down so that now they can become a part of a living testimony for you. And he's not talking about dominating people. He's talking about you dominating your own dreams and goals. And then in return, you can turn around and help someone else, particularly your family members, if they prove that they're working after, after their goals as well. Eric Thomas says, make the rest of your life the best of your life. Once you get in the process of, of going after your dreams and goals, then the next thing you got to do is just figure out how to make the rest of your life the best of your life. And, and, and to me, it's like this. Once you know you're on that road to accomplishing your goals or your dreams, nobody can stop you, man. Nobody can stop you. Nobody can do anything to alter that because you already you're in that space where you know you know it's gonna be a grind for you, and you know you got to get out there and you got to make it work. So when you make the rest of your life the best of your life, just just try to envision that you're living in your dream, that you're walking towards your dream, and no matter what nobody do, they're not gonna sway you from that. And when you know that, then you get a good feeling inside, and then you're able to ch- chase your dream and not compromise. Tony Robbins says, if you can't, then you must. And this is the thing that I want you to trust. The thing about that that makes that so profound to me is that for the longest time, I didn't know that if somebody blocks you at this door, that you have another door that you can do. So if somebody's telling you that you can't go through this door, then you must go through that door. Even if you can't go through that door directly, because if your dream is linked to that, then if you can't, then you must. You got to do everything you can to achieve that dream and goal. That's what we got to work for every day of our lives. Every day that we wake up and we yearn for that power to be an accomplisher in our own world, we have to figure out if you can't, then you must. If you can't, then you must. Every time you get up, you got to make sure that you're working on your life in that particular perspective. And Les Brown says, Honorable Les Brown says, it's not over till I win. Well, if you can't, then you must. And it's not over till you win. That means you don't give up on your dream or goal. And to me, that simply means that it's not over till you win. That means that you're going to die in the process of doing it. That means that no matter how difficult this grind may be when you're dealing with other human beings, you already know that you're not going to surrender your dream or your goal for anything. And these are the things that you're trying to find every day of your life to get a peace of mind about who you are and what you're doing. And the last one is something that I created. And it says that life does not require less from you. Life does not require more from you. Life only requires that you maximize your 24 hours and in doing so you can have anything that you desire. This is your world. This planet, we all live on it. It's finite in the distance that it goes in terms of the physical plane of it, even though you can't walk to the edge of it. It does have a it does have a point north, south, east, and west, and then uh, true north is going in outer space, and true south is going down to the grave. You know, everybody that goes go deep south goes in the grave, even though they drop a six feet, that body is going to go in that ground, whether they put you in a casket or not. You're going to return back to the very earth that you came, but that spiritual side of you goes north. But it's not a north that's in the north like you see in outer space. We, it's not that. It's so far internally and so far peace that the plane that you exist on is the plane in which you come back from where you were created. So you got 24 hours when you wake up every day to take the physical body of you to accomplish the dreams and goals that you want. And the time limit that you have, we could live to be 150. But if you're living to be 150, the minute you wake up to what your dreams and goals are, 
that 24 hour start is almost starting anew. But if you're like in a rut and you can't get out, it feel like the same 24 hours because you're not doing what you're supposed to do. Take those 24 hours, maximize it, do what you got to do to make everything work and stay on the process of making sure that you achieve your dreams and goals. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank you for joining the podcast. Until we meet again, peace.